0: Welcome to another edition of PHNX d Podcast. My name, of course, is Derek Montilla, your mayor of PHNX. Uh, this man next to me is the vice mayor of PHNX, occasionally known as Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. And we are definitively going to tell you what the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to do in free agency on this show. No, we're absolutely not. We cannot one, predict one the future.
1: podcast is all it takes, That's Derek. all it takes. We're well, going to do this show. Yep. And then we're just we're just not going to do another show until what we talk about today starts happening in real life more because it's only a matter of time. More importantly, what we say definitely dictates how the front
0: office is going to approach free agency. Hundred uh, yeah. percent. Because we we're just this is the brainstorming session, of course, here on this show. But of course, we thank you guys for being here today, uh, and we do have some fun news first to talk about stuff that we do know, in fact, happened, uh, and that is the fact that Gabriel. Uh, G- Gabriel, Gabriel Moreno, Gabriel, Gabriel Moreno, and Christian Walker are your gold glove winners for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And of course, this is very exciting. Moreno wins his first gold glove here as the current and future catcher of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Christian Walker Walker takes home his second consecutive gold glove. Well, well earned. He's been incredible defensively. Both guys have been. Uh, we've been warning teams all season long to not run on Gabby, and they refuse <laughs> To listen to us but what were your thoughts uh, on these two and I, I know uh, Christian Walker felt a little bit like a lock but Gabriel Moreno not necessarily a surprise we thought he had a good chance but I mean this is uh really fun for for our future catcher
1: yeah man uh, I mean Giants Twitter is sort of in shambles right now uh, they very much believe that Patrick Bailey should have been uh, the winner <laughs> the winner uh, behind the plate and I can I can see sort of where they're coming from uh, it really depends on the metric that you look at and kind of what you value. If you look yeah. at defensive run save, then Gabby Moreno is the rightful, sure guy. the rightful winner. If you look at Fangraph's defense metric, I think it has Patrick Bailey uh, you know, pretty far out in front of, of Gabby Moreno. I know a lot of people were, were looking at that number. Uh, but what I think a lot of people are maybe missing about Patrick Bailey is... A lot of his defensive value is tied up in pitch framing that is what patrick bailey is like absurdly good at according to the metrics and pitch framing is kind of a dicey i don't know i mean it's something that we didn't really have any way of measuring like not that long ago right right? it's a it's kind of a newer thing uh and i think there's there's definitely validity to patrick bailey being one of the best framers in the game and you know gabby moreno maybe maybe being more around league average which is sort of what the metrics say but pitch framing is not, I don't know. I think if you if you ask, you know, like a, a major league manager, you know, what what would you want your catcher to be best at if you could pick one thing? I'm not sure framing would really be up there necessarily. Yeah, and like, it's also a hard thing from a metric standpoint because it's based on like real calls that umpires make. Sure. And it's it's not the the process by which we measure it is not very refined. So definitely understand where people are coming from patrick bailey is a very very good defensive catcher
0: well and Uh, and the pitch framing is one of those things obviously that's a that's a night in and night out kind of attribute right where it's it's a benefit to everybody in the starting rotation and in the bullpen that he can go out there and do that but like you said i mean it's still a matter of of uh, being objective there and like how many calls wouldn't have been called call. Like there, there's still a lot to be determined there as far as like what calls wouldn't have been called a strike if it wasn't for him yeah, and stuff exactly. like that. Just like defensive runs saved is a metric that tries to, you know, be a little bit more precise on, on the contributions to the team and how those contributions defensively kept runs off the board versus things like fielding percentage, which just relies on errors, which again is a very arbitrary thing where, like we've talked about in the past, if you're if you're gifted athletically, you're 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 almost in danger of getting more errors than someone that's not so. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that Moreno's ability, uh, his arm, his you know what what he did in a season where you know stealing bases and being active on the base path was greatly increased due to everything involved, you know. The, yeah. the, the number of, of, you know, engagements that a pitcher can have or disengagements, uh, the, the bases being bigger, everything. Like it was just a, a season for running and uh, the Diamondbacks took advantage of it. But Gabriel Moreno did such a good job of making sure that the opposing teams uh, did not have an opportunity to do so. So that's it's great. And obviously Christian Walker, you know, I mean, we could just talk about it. We try to talk about it all the time. I know yeah. a lot of people are still kind of. You know, upset with Walker's performance in, in, in the postseason a bit, but uh, his overall body of work uh, during the regular season was incredible. And, and he just, he he makes it look so easy over there. He really does.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Back to back for Christian Walker at first base. And I I mean, it's sort of hard to imagine anyone else winning it next year, right? Like this is sort of a thing now where yeah. Christian Walker is just really freaking good at playing first base. And he made some interesting comments uh, at at one point during the during the playoff run. I think it was during the World Series. Uh, he talked about Paul Goldschmidt yeah. and how Goldie had like a pretty significant impact on him, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. Like when Christian Walker came in and was sort of getting his opportunity for the first time in Arizona, he realized like, all right, my predecessor could hit, but my predecessor was a pretty darn good yeah. first base. Underrated at times. Yeah. And I think Christian Walker, at least from what he said, like that played into him wanting to be as great defensively as he has been. And he was absolutely that once again, this season. Well, and he also
0: talked about sweating the small stuff because Goldschmidt sweated the small stuff. And he's like, yes. you gotta have, you have to worry about those details. You have to worry about every single aspect of the game. And a lot of it is on the defensive side of it. And he also brought up like, that when you're not, when you're struggling at the plate, like at least you want to be able to contribute something to the team and make sure that, you know, you're not also uh, making, making errors or mistakes or causing, you know, causing a, a deficit to get worse or anything like that. So yeah, uh, Walker's just been great. He just been great for this team uh, and he will continue to be great for this team. But there are some guys who the Diamondbacks will be parting ways with, and we don't still know. Of course, what is going to occur with some of the free agents like Tommy Pham, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and Evan Longoria, who are all free agents now. They've all technically hit the market. Um, but the Diamondbacks have decided not to pick up their side of Mark Melanson's $5 million mutual option for 2024, which will they will still owe... $2 million still for the buyout? They $2
1: million in the buyout. So, yeah, it was basically, would you rather pay $3 million more million to have Mark Melanson actually pitch for you next season? And the Diamondbacks said no, essentially.
0: They have been moving on, right? Like, they've been moving on from guys that they feel like they gave an opportunity to and didn't perform well. And Mark Melanson really didn't have a great time here, and a lot of it was spe- spent, obviously, injured as well, so that didn't yeah. help. But, I mean... You cannot say that the Melanson signing wasn't a good one. You can just say that on the flip side. Really? (laughs) Well, here's why I say that. Here's why I say that. Because when they signed him and he came to the team, like his performance in his career was one of the worst, right? Like it was one of the worst seasons of his career, right? And it comes off of one of the best, right? He posted a 2.23 ERA with a 1.22 whip and 39 saves. For the Padres in 2021. Yeah. In 2021, Jesse, that was just one year later before he was here blowing saves for this team. But, um, it, you know, again, his his time here uh, was quite forgettable. And, and unfortunately, he really didn't have a chance to redeem himself
1: with this franchise because of the injuries. Yeah, it, it really is crazy to think back when this move was first made. It was viewed very positively by basically everyone right especially us we yeah, doing, yeah we were we were, yeah, doing we, happy were dances we, we were yeah. doing our show at that point i think it was december of 2021 after a very rough season, right, where the, the Diamondbacks bullpen was one of many problems, but certainly one of the <laughs> one of the bigger ones. Everything was a problem. The Diamondbacks <laughs> hadn't had, you know, really a viable closer in a number of years. And Mark Melanson, like you, you signed like the saves leader, like yeah. you signed the NL saves leader yeah. from the year prior. Yeah, Like you said, a 2 ERA in 2021 with the San Diego Padres and he comes here and Man, that 2022 season last year, it was it was rough when Mark Melanson was in that role, yeah. and it didn't last particularly long. The Diamondbacks eventually needed to pivot, but a four six six ERA, a one five oh WHIP, a five point six strikeouts per nine, which strikeouts have never been everything for Mark Melanson, but there's really no one on the planet who can put together like a successful year as a closer striking out that few batters is just really really hard to do. Uh, and yeah, you know it'll it'll be interesting to see where things go from here for Melanson. Maybe there's an opportunity still out there waiting for him. Maybe there's there's a team that you know wants to give him a shot. But this also might be the last that Mark Melanson has has pitched in in the majors. Uh, I think that is at least a possibility. And if that's the case, it was a heck of a career. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, just really impressive numbers. He had a, a career ERA just under three. Has a career ERA just under three as of right now. Uh, but yeah, it was unfortunate for the Diamondbacks that they sort of got the very tail end yeah. when when most of that productivity was gone.
0: And maybe uh, maybe I phrased that incorrectly, but I just mean like I it wasn't a bad signing because it uh, because of his numbers, because of everything he had done in his career to bring somebody with that experience and that consistency over to the bullpen. Yes. it very much felt like a great signing. It is and what the Diamondbacks
1: needed, and yeah. yeah, I I totally agree with what you're saying that like. Sometimes good signings end poorly. Like this doesn't feel like hindsight is 2020, right? We can't always play the game of like, oh, that was a terrible move and they should have known it was going to be a terrible move. Sometimes all
0: signs pointed that to be a great signing, you know? Yeah. And so like you were saying, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Right. And I mean, you know, it's different. Like Aroldis Chapman, for instance, is a guy that if you took a chance on it, that might be a, a signing where a lot of people would have criticism to bringing someone like that over. And then if it doesn't work out, there would probably be a vocal majority that were like, yeah, we thought like we didn't want this guy. We did. not That was not the case with Melanson. And like you said, everybody saw the move as fairly favorable. And, unfortunately for Melanson it just and for the Diamondbacks it just didn't work out
1: there um, is always some risk when you're signing a guy who's as old as Melanson was I guess that is part of what we have to watch acknowledge it is like, watch it Friedman <laughs> just saying as a professional athlete Derek people in their upper 30s and low 40s are oh, so perfectly, <laughs> they're great contributors to society but maybe you don't want them always oh, pitching the ninth inning for you
0: bitch. or playing 3rd base for you maybe that's the case uh, but again uh, no knock to any of the guys we have no idea how this is going to work out for the diamondbacks uh as far as the other guys in the free agency but it's it's it it kind of sucks to already think about maybe moving on from guys like tommy fam lourdes guriel jr and evan longoria when they contributed and were such a part of this of this run like it 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 and that that's such a bitch about free agency with MLB. Like when your team makes a deep run like this, it's like, all right, well, you lost the World Series. Free agency starts today. Like yeah, you don't even yeah. have a chance to to take a break until free agency starts. And of course, uh, those are the three free agents that are, uh, are are hitting the market, and those are guys that at times have have contributed greatly to this team and at, at times have struggled, right? Uh, Tommy Pham, big part of this team, just an absolute leader. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. just been here doing it all season long, right? And I mean, he was an all-star for this team. Uh, yeah. Defensive Defensive savant over there in left field at times. I don't even know. That's what the numbers say. And then obviously Evan Longoria. You know, I mean, the Diamondbacks definitely struggled to figure something out at third base. Longoria brought a lot of experience over there, and I think at times made some incredible plays. Um, But the the question remains: is is if, if are any of these guys coming back to this team? And and. Is that something that is either a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how the Diamondbacks can potentially upgrade those positions if they don't bring those guys back?
1: Yeah, so let's let's go one by one here. So Tommy Fam, he had a 111 OPS plus this season for the Diamond or for the Diamondbacks and the Mets. That was yeah, his come on. entire entire season, 481 plate appearances. He was about a one and a half WAR player, but a lot of his offensive production this year did come with the Mets. After the Diamondbacks traded for him, he had a 95 OPS plus. I think it was like a 720 OPS uh, the rest of the way, which is which is decent, right? Like yeah. that was a totally a valuable move for the Diamondbacks yeah. because they didn't really have anyone on the roster who was going to give them that in a corner outfield or DH spot. So it wound up being, a, you know, a perfectly good move for them when all was said and done. But yeah, you know, going into next season, Tommy Pham is I think 35 years old, you know. He's he's definitely uh, you know, in in sort of the the later years of his career and to his credit, I mean, he just had one of the best seasons of his career. Uh all things considered, I don't know if I I don't know if I see the Diamondbacks bringing him back. Uh they they do need someone like that. Yep. They need a right-handed bat who can, you know, DH or, or place them outfield. They would have to go uh, you know, they'd have to go and find find someone who can fill a similar role. But it does feel like just what we saw from Tommy Pham in the second half. In the playoffs, I know he had his moments, right? The four-hit game. But a lot of his production came in in like big clusters like that where he yeah. had, I think he had a three-hit game in the Phillies series as well. But by and large, he was kind of inconsistent for them offensively. And I, I don't know where that lands him going into next year. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: And I mean, there some... There, there could be something to be said about that with all of these guys because they all had uh, inconsistent stretches, but they've all just contributed in their own way, especially when you talk about what, you know, Longoria and Pham brought to this team as far as experience and leadership True. goes, right? Yes. Like, they're not quantifiable categories that you can look at and say this is what they brought, but uh, you, you'll, you'll never be able to know how those guys impacted the young guys on the team and and help them get as far as they went, right? I mean, even if yeah. the numbers don't show up on the field, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like what you, what we said at times about the coaching staff. This coaching staff is so good and deserves so much credit because it seems like a coaching staff staff specifically that that the strength is developing young players still like that seems to be like what this coaching staff is really good at and that's why it's so good for this organization but um again there's there's just stuff about these guys that that you can't say enough about i still think Lourdes Gurriel Jr and his production is going to be valued by another team much for more sure. yeah. much more than the Diamondbacks are and that's no slam to the Diamondbacks i think the Diamondbacks know exactly what kind of player he is but when you put together a world series appearance you put together the fact he's on the last year of a $22 million contract. Uh, and, and this is going to be his big, this is gonna be it for him. Like that $22 million contract might've been seen at one point in his career as like the high point, but he's yeah. gonna get paid a lot right now. He's gonna now. get more than that. He's gonna get way sure. more than that. I yeah. mean, that's over seven seasons. That's basically three, point three, three $3.1 million a year. So like, but I mean, that's the thing is between the all-star bid, the world series appearance, Everything that he did this year, just his vibes, the vibes are great. I mean, you know, there, there's just, Lourdes brought something different to this team that that he some, somehow instantly felt like he was part of this uh,
1: organization for, for a long time, not just this one season. Yeah, I, I think that's what, like, if Lordis does walk, I think he's going to be Maybe miss the most out of these three guys. I, I think Diamondbacks fans have a, a positive view of all of them. Yes. Um,
0: well, after this run, how can you not?
1: Yeah, right? absolutely. But Lordis, like Lordis Lordis is sort of a vibe, right? I He's mean, like Lord like with the vibe. hair. He's a whole and, ass. Uh, vibe. You know, we we definitely. I guess you uh, benefited from the whole hair. I, uh, Situation. Uh, I'm the mayor of the city of Phoenix, thanks to Lourdes, right? Yeah, according absolutely. to Heidi Watney. Yeah, Derek would not have ever been elected the mayor of the city of Phoenix had Lourdes not played for the Diamondbacks. That's so, true. ever, never, <laughs> never. But yeah, I think they're I think the Diamondbacks are, are probably <laughs> interested in bringing Lourdes Gurriel Jr. back. But it goes back to what you said before of like another team might value this a little bit more than the Diamondbacks. It was one thing to have Lordis on on this team. You know, for $5 million for one season, he was a big part of where they went this year. It's another thing to invest, you know, a three-year, $36 million at whatever it winds up taking to, to bring Lourdes back here. I'm not sure that's an investment the Diamondbacks are are ready to make. Um and yes, he did uh, defensively. He had the best season of his career: fourteen defensive runs saved, one outs above average. Uh, if you compare his defensive metrics with Ian Happ's defensive metrics, Lourdes <laughs> Curiel, Gold Glove winning left fielder, uh, Ian Happ, uh, Lourdes is Lourdes outperformed him uh, in those numbers by a pretty significant margin. But yeah, I, I don't know if I see it at the end of the day. It's it's gonna it's gonna cost a decent amount given the season that he had. And I just am not sure I see the Diamondbacks being willing to, to make that investment in a player who has been like above average, like he's been an above average hitter every year in his major league career, but just kind of narrowly, right? Like Lourdes isn't like a number three hitter, you know, on a good team in this league. And, and we'll see how things turn out. But I would be somewhat surprised if the Diamondbacks brought him back.
0: You know what the Diamondbacks could do is they could upgrade at third base their 38-year-old third baseman with another 38-year-old third baseman. There you go. And Justin Turner. Now we're thinking, right? (laughs) Now we're thinking. uh, Because apparently Justin Turner uh, has been connected to the Arizona Diamondbacks, according to our friend Bob Nightingale uh, over at USA Today. The Diamondbacks were reportedly interested in him last offseason as well, which we understand. And that makes sense considering that they went with Longoria, right? Like, makes sense that the interest was there. But, um, yeah, I mean— on, on one hand, I, I feel like this team is still going to need that leadership, that veteran leadership to come from For somewhere. Sure. Right. And so I, I don't hate that. in the idea of Justin Turner coming over here, but uh, his numbers also weren't terrible in Boston. I just don't know. Do we still want Justin Turner playing third base or would he brought, be brought in maybe yeah. more as a DH?
1: Yeah. Justin Turner is not a third baseman. He's just not. And that's uh, I would be shocked if the diamondbacks were, I mean, it, Seems they're interested in Justin Turner. I don't have any doubts there. I would be shocked if the Diamondbacks are interested in Justin Turner to be their everyday third baseman. Yeah, This season, he played only seven games for the Boston Red Sox at third base. In those seven games, this is 57 innings. So, not much <laughs> at all. It's a really small sample size. Minus three defensive runs How? saved, minus four outs above average. Wow. It's hard to take defensive <laughs> metrics seriously in that short of a sample. Yeah. But those are some super yeah. heavy negative numbers That's in crazy. seven games. So, I just don't think he's a viable third baseman at this point. I think he could play first base and I think he could DH. D-backs don't need a first baseman or we were just talking about they've got a gold glover over there as it is. They do kind of need a DH, right? Like that would make sense. So I think the Diamondbacks, if they are indeed interested in Justin Turner, which based on this report they are, in my mind it's got to be for him to be a DH to kind of fill... You know the the Evan Longoria sort of role, but not to not to play in the field. You yeah. know more to to just add another bat to the lineup, which is something they need. Like he hit two seventy six, three forty five, four fifty five last year. It's an eight hundred OPS, twenty three homers, ninety six RBI. He had a career high six hundred and twenty six plate appearances. He was pretty durable yeah. uh, for the Red Sox. Yeah. So. It makes some sense uh, as a DH. I, I think it I think it could work for the D-backs but just not as a third baseman. They're going to have to figure something else out there.
0: He could also back up at first base potentially. Yeah, just if sure. you're looking for that as as some more reasons to bring him on.
1: They played him at 10 games at second base too, which is <laughs> kind of scary like yeah. I, I I don't know exactly the circumstances that led the Red Sox to do that, but I imagine they they sort of didn't have a choice. Forty one games at first base. Yeah, yeah. He played a decent amount of first base, and his his defensive metrics were good there. Like I think he, I think he's a totally fine first baseman. But again, that's not really a position the Diamondbacks really have a need. Sure, but if they start treating DH more like an actual
0: position, they need to acquire someone for, and not just some spot for one of their guys to hit when they have a day. Like you can still use that, but it's not. It's just. I don't really feel like they had like an
1: actual designated hitter this year, you know? They really have never had an actual designated hitter well, since yeah, the could... DH was added to to the National League, right? right? They've kind of done this thing every year where it's like, all right, like wh- whoever's not playing in the field today, we're going to use the DH spot as a way to get guys days off and you know, once Tommy Pham was was uh in the fold, it was basically, all right, well we have four outfielders and Tommy Pham is the one that we like the least defensively. So he's our DH. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of how they how they use the spot. Uh, you could make a case that the D Backs should try to fill that DH spot with someone who can really hit and can be in there every day. And yeah. I think there's a good case to be made that Justin Turner would would be solid in that role. Well, the
0: Diamondbacks have a lot of things to address in the offseason. I personally think, in my opinion, that re-signing Tori Lavolo to a contract extension. Should be their priority more above all of this stuff, but it's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. happen. It has yeah. to happen, right? But um, of course, there's a lot of questions to be asked. Yeah. Justin uh not not just Justin Turner but uh maybe another remember another guy with a J there for a name maybe a little JD Martinez action perhaps
1: Yeah I mean he's out there too he just had a really good season Bring with him the Dodgers back. Bring him back Mike That would be Bring him back That would be like if if Mike Hazen is just looking to get like Diamondbacks fans to just like absolutely adore him for what he does this, this offseason guy. it this probably guy. starts with signing JD yeah.
0: Martinez This guy yeah. I I still have a man crush on that hunky hunky heartthrob but <laughs> of course we appreciate you guys being here and of course uh we're gonna do our best to answer your mailbag monday questions but as you know uh, almost every single one of them was about free agency so uh <laughs> we'll definitely try to give you as much as we can but we are going to continue uh, of course to cover this free agency as uh, as this short period of time continues we don't have much time jesse will be at the gm meetings which are next
1: week the GM meetings are tomorrow. Tomorrow, oh, tomorrow, my God. And Thursday. I don't know exactly. Still waiting on a schedule there. Don't yeah. know exactly which days, uh, which days I'll need to be out there for for the most amount of time. Yeah, but yeah so things are things are getting real it, here in the uh, in the MLB offseason.
0: Keep it locked here, so we might have a little change of schedule as far as what time we go due to the GM meetings. But then the winter meetings in Nashville are right around the corner. And the next thing you know, we'll be back here uh, doing spring training. You know, before we know it. and catchers
1: report in what like. 100 days
0: maybe? 100 days something like that wow. yeah it's some absurd amount of time but of course we appreciate you guys being here all postseason all offseason all regular season all the time thank you so much make sure to subscribe to the PHNX sports youtube channel if you haven't done so already sign up for notifications that way you won't oh wow my, there goes my eye uh way, don't miss when uh, anything goes live uh and also make sure to leave us a thumbs up gabriel moreno would absolutely appreciate that and as a gold glove winning catcher you should do as he says but also if you're listening on the audio podcasting side make sure you subscribe over there there as well. Uh, sign, uh, leave us a review. We always appreciate that feedback and make sure, uh, of course, uh, to leave us a five-star review. We, we, that, that's what we really like, but check out our friends at circle K. Uh, it is America's third stop. It is the best place to fill not only yourself up, but your car up. Uh, and you can do that by joining their inner circle membership program, which will save you some money on gas and also get you some free goodies inside. Uh, make sure you can uh, sign up today for free by downloading the circle K app, Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit circlek.com for details. And again, uh, download it in the app. You'll get all sorts of free offers for candy, chips. They'll have an offer or buy five, get the sixth one free on a selection of Circle K products like pizza, coffee, and ice cold fountain drinks. You also save 25 cents off per gallon on your first Five Phillips, and then you'll also, after that, save three cents off per gallon on all your Phillips.
1: After that, as I got an outrageously good deal yesterday, filling up at Circle K. Oh yeah, I think it was like the cheap, basically the cheapest gas station in the state, while or at least like in the Phoenix metro area. While also getting my twenty five cents off, it was pretty. It's pretty good, and like and like Sean used to say,
0: there's no better feeling than seeing that last twenty five cents drop off after you already know what you're paying. So make sure to join that inner circle. Membership program for free now. Of course, shout out to our friends at Foco for decorating our set with these incredible bobbleheads, which are tiny works of art. I don't know how much longer the World Series special edition bobbleheads are gonna be available, or if they even still are, but FOCO is a leading manufacturer of merchandise, sports and entertainment merchandise, with a product line that includes apparel, includes accessories, collectibles, but most importantly, their bobbleheads, uh, which are limited edition, they're numbered, and they are tiny works of art, so make sure to check them out. Uh, Baseball season never ends around this place, so uh, you can always get ready for baseball season. Jesse was watching Fall Ball last
1: star. it game.
0: never stops it never stops around here so make sure to sign uh check out foco they have our back for arizona sports and they have yours as well get the best gear around by visiting foco.com and using code phnx for all non-presale items use the code phnx and you will receive 10 percent off uh well jesse some things have changed around here on mondays but as you know, it's still the exact it's we still do the thing we do on Monday. One and of course, it will
1: always be the same.
0: It, it, the one thing will always be the same. But we but of course, every year is our year, even when it's not our year. Right. Like this was our year, even though it wasn't our year. Uh, <laughs> every month on this show is Black History Month. Uh, and it's, of course, Women's History Month. And of course, every month on the show is Black Women's History Month. Every week on this show, Shark Week. Every day on this show, Indigenous People's Day. And of course, every Monday, we go to the mailbag. Damon, let's go. All right. Something what do we got the from the mailbag? Of course, our guy, Michael, who just signed up as a member. We die hard. Welcome to the family, Michael. Uh, he says, how much more special do you think the season was since more people were able to watch games? after Bally got dropped. Uh, well, I'll just take that and the, the idea here that Diamondbacks games were a little bit more readily available towards the second half of the season, and I think it allowed, obviously, the team to be seen more. I, I think the playoff run did more because, you know, you just get seen on a national level. You're one of the few last teams left, but I'm yeah. just glad people got to enjoy watching this team. I think this team has been fun to watch all season long, and especially once those games were available uh, through MLB, I felt like we were in that place where every single game was, was kind of a a playoff game
1: for them. Every, every single
0: game was kind of a must win.
1: This was, I mean, this was a a pretty big year for the Diamondbacks in terms of just like exposure uh, locally and nationally. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. You, you go to the world series. That's a, it's a pretty good way to get some eyes on the product, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, hard to hard to imagine anything better than that. And yeah, Major League Baseball stepping in and, and televising these games in the middle of the season like they did and you know expanding the, the reach in, in that way as well. I mean, I guess that happened in, at a pretty good time, yeah. right? Uh, you know, good time for more eyes to be on the product of, of this Diamondbacks baseball team. And uh yeah, you know, I hope there's people out there who are who are able to benefit from that. Yeah, it's definitely
0: a fun team to watch, and we are happy to have new snake aficionados watching this team. So however you got here, you know, and again, if it, if it made the, if it made the games more available to more people, then it's a good thing, especially on a year where they wound up doing what they did. So this is uh it's been an incredible season. I'm still, still not over it. I was texting with rock knowledge this morning and we were still <laughs> like, did our team really make it to the world series, bro? Like, it's just such a, it's still like a, was that a real thing that happened? It's still incredible to me. So yeah. uh, what else we got, Damon? Next question comes from our guy, Aaron, Aaron Hughes, Aaron R Hughes on Twitter. And he asks, rank your top three pitching free agents you would like to see in Sedona red. Uh, And then again, he said, is Justin Turner a big enough move to fill the third base hole? No, it is not. As we discussed due to the reasons uh, as, 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 as we talked about there with Turner, not probably not being a great option for third base. But I mean, as far as pitching, uh, as far as pitching free agents are concerned, there's so many of them, right? I mean, and it feels like, my, my biggest concern is that uh, so many of them are going to be high-priced.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's there, there's a lot of money that's about to be spent, mm. and uh, probably in <laughs> about around. five or six years, some some regrets that will be had, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, depending on on which team signs, which player. Mike
0: Hazen could have had regrets if he would have pulled some of the trades that we wanted him to pull there at the trade deadline, right? It's almost good yeah. that they didn't, but I do know one name for me is Eduardo Rodriguez, which I think is going to be very expensive, sure. but I know we've been... Linked to him in the past and I know that uh, he is a guy that I think based on his age and his Stats that he, he might be worth the money that that some team ends up paying him
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I think he he's on my list as well of guys that that would make sense for the Diamondbacks and that Clearly a higher quality of innings than what they have available to them in-house with some of their younger guys And yet also someone who can you know who can probably be somewhat durable for you for you in, in 2024 someone that you can that you can count on there is maybe one complication there where he seems pretty committed to to being in Detroit. We know that the Dodgers attempted to trade for Eduardo Rodriguez yeah. at the trade deadline and yeah. he bunked the idea yeah. and said, no, I want to pitch for the Tigers rather than pitching for the Dodgers in a independent race. And I don't know the specifics of you know exactly why he did that, um, but you have to wonder if that would affect the Diamondbacks' ability to sign him as well. If maybe he would rather... You know stick around in detroit then come to another west coast city in in phoenix arizona so yeah but i think in in theory just you know that that kind of mid-tier of he's not blake snell like he's not going to win a cy young award and, and get paid accordingly but he's a clear upgrade over what the diamondbacks have in house i think it makes a lot of sense if we're really going like full on you know if we're not if if how realistic it is is not a factor here. I
0: get get crazy, Jesse. You want to go, Blake Snell? <laughs> well, I mean,
1: the Diamondbacks were theoretically tied to Yamamoto. Oh, let's go. We've seen seen that. And uh, I I mean, I'm not really surprised that the Diamondbacks are interested in some regard. Like, why wouldn't you be? Everybody's interested. interested. I have to believe that everyone is interested. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm necessarily reading that the Diamondbacks are, you know, like really serious about spending Mm -hmm. the kind of money. But this guy is really freaking good. Uh, This guy had a 1.21 ERA in Japan this year with a 0.88 whip. He allowed two home runs in 164 innings. He's only 25 25. years old, which is probably the biggest selling point because... He's not thirty or thirty-one. Like you're not you're not probably having to pay for his age thirty-six season right. or something on this contract.
0: He won the Sawamura Award, which is like their Cy Young, their yeah. vision of Cy Young, right? And he's I mean- been
1: like the best pitcher there for for basically the last the last several years. So yeah, I mean, if you're really trying to dream, like that's I mean, that's the guy. And yeah. I think he's a guy who's gonna get a ton of money, but is like really might be worth uh, every penny he makes whereas some guys like all right Blake Snell you're you know even though he just won the Cy or he's probably going to win the Cy Young award and it'll be his second one and he's going to have won the Cy Young in the American League and the National League like he's represented by Scott Boris and you know you're going to pay heavily for the season he just had even though he doesn't necessarily have like a consistent track record to back it up Aaron Nola has been sort of up and down right this year. He had like a four and a half ERA, even though he was outstanding in the playoffs. I just think with Yamamoto, it's like, all right, this guy's young and he's really good. And even though you haven't seen him pitch in the majors, there's a lot of confidence. He's going to come in and be a number one or number two starter from day one. I think there's just less risk there than with a lot of the other guys.
0: I think uh, Jordan Montgomery is a guy that we talked very highly about. We spoke very highly about, we were very interested in, and I, I, I would love for somebody of, of that caliber to join this staff. I think, once again, there is kind of a, an idea here of you don't have a lot of time with Zach Gowan left. You don't have a lot of time with Merrill Kelly left. So I feel like you really want to take advantage of those guys being part of your rotation and add another guy that just complements them so much. You know what I mean? And I mean, I, I think that based on the free agency market, you 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 might be able to get away with, with maybe, you know, getting a Jordan Montgomery for for substantially less than a Blake Snell and have Jordan Montgomery potentially outperform him I mean I've, yeah I feel like I know he's gonna get a ton of money though I mean he has a hit a 4.3 three F R this season and uh we saw what adding him to the Texas Rangers did like I feel like that was the move almost that put them you know into the spot you know, into the playoffs, into the World Series, winning it, right? Like, yeah. I know a lot of guys contributed to that, but I feel like he definitely was one of the better pickups at the trade deadline when looking at the performances of some of the other starting pitchers that we were interested in.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if Mike Hazen is, is having, you know, regrets over not getting a starter at the trade deadline, which he is, it, it seems, from what we heard the other day, yeah. Jordan Montgomery is like the one guy out of that group, that you're like, man, I really wish I would have traded for that yeah. guy. You're <laughs> yeah. not, you know, you're, yeah. you're not like having a hard time sleeping at night because you didn't trade for Lucas Giolito or Jack not, Flaherty. Not right? even one night. Not even like. Not even a single an hour. hour. Not even getting up at two a.m. and thinking about it for thirty minutes before I go back to bed. But but Jordan Montgomery, not only was he really good for the Rangers in the second half in the regular season, but he went out and he like carried that team in the postseason yeah. all the way to the World Series. Yeah. Not by himself. Like some guy named Corey Seager was pretty good for them. Nathan Ivaldi was our too but he was really good for them in the postseason a big part of of how they got where they got and according to the athletic I don't know if I agree with this but the athletic has Jordan Montgomery getting more money this offseason than Blake Snell. They I have could five one twenty-seven for Montgomery, five one twenty-two for Blake Snell. <sighs> Seems kind of outrageous, but I it sort does. of understand where they're coming that from, world, given that, that the guy just pitched all the way to the yeah, World Series yeah, That and was world Series. really, really good the entire way.
0: And I mean, Blake Snell can win all the accolades he wants to, but the one thing, of course, that teams are looking for is, is a younger ace that can you know be a part of your team for a number of years and and Blake Snell he's not that much older than Jordan Montgomery right but he definitely has some more years on him and and again Montgomery just might be part of that core that so many teams are looking to build around and I mean the Diamondbacks still are, are trying to add pieces to that core even though they got as far as they did this year and I think that's the thing is is that like at least maybe maybe the the how far they went will make this an attractive destination for somebody maybe we don't get that guy on a six-year contract, but maybe we're able to add some free agent pieces on on a, on a one- or two-year deal that can help complement, you know, Zach Gallen and, and Merrill Kelly in the meantime. It's not going to be yeah. any of those guys, though, because those guys are going to get paid, just like Lourdes is going to get paid, and they and they should. You got to take your opportunity to get paid at some point, and coming off of a World Series appearance, uh, get that money. Get that money, guys. Uh, we have another question from Cogs, which is impossible to answer, just like so many of these <laughs> are. Uh, but Cogs wants to know, who is the most likely add at each position, third base, starting pitcher, outfielder? I mean, good lord. I love
1: this quite This is like predict the entire offseason in mm-hmm. one question.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Great, Cogs. <laughs> Putting a lot of pressure on us. Well, we're going to talk about this. Actually, that that could be a whole episode unto itself, right? I mean, we talked about a sure. lot of our starting pitching choices there. Um, But there aren't a lot of choices at third base.
1: Yeah, third base, is, we'll probably do an entire show at some point trying to figure out what the Diamondbacks can do at third base For because sure. it's clearly a need of theirs. And yeah, there aren't really a lot of clear options available in the market. Like free agency, we've talked about it. Do you want to give Matt Chapman a whole bunch of money? Probably not. Do you want to give Jamer Candelario a bunch of money? Probably not. Uh, th- those are really the only two guys out there. I like, he said, probably not. I
0: absolutely want to give Candelario all, all the money.
1: I, I mean, like we said earlier, I don't think Justin Turner is really part of that like third base group that's available correct. in free agency. Yeah, so correct. those guys are almost by definition going to get paid more than they probably are worth just because of the scarcity in the market at that position. Trade wise this is where we'll, we'll maybe do more digging for a future show. I don't see a whole lot of clear options there either. A. Uh, Eugenio Suarez is, is one guy who comes to mind third baseman with the Seattle Mariners. Maybe now that they have Josh Rojas, they're like, hey, we're, <laughs> we're covered. We're good at third base. Suarez is available. We know the Diamondbacks have made a lot of trades with the Mariners over the years. Still don't know if I fully see it happening from from the Seattle side. But, you know, Suarez is a, is a solid, a solid third baseman defensively. I think he underperformed, uh, you know, some of his batted ball. Uh, stuff this year I think he's maybe a better hitter than he showed he would be an upgrade for the D backs at third base and I want to say it's just uh is it just this season that he's under team control for I believe so I think it I think it is uh maybe one more year let's see what baseball reference has to say he has a 2025 team option so it's it's he's under control for 2024 and then it's a club option for the year after it's a pretty friendly situation for the Diamondbacks to acquire if they were to if they were to go that route
0: um, what about uh Giovanni Urshella from the Angels?
1: Gio Urshella. Uh, not not really like an everyday guy, right? Urshella yeah. uh sixty two games this year. I think there were some injuries there, ninety-one OPS plus. I don't know if you're really bringing in Urshella expecting him to be like your everyday third baseman and be like a clear upgrade over what the Diamondbacks already have.
0: Yeah. That's true. Third
1: base is just like we're just at a time in baseball right now where it's like if you don't have one of the top few third basemen in the league, you're just maybe not getting that much from third base. It's kind of just the reality of the league right now. Joey Wendell. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm Just joking. Joey uh, Wendell. Yeah. We You, we, uh, you want to talk about Joey? Wendell no, I do not want to there? talk want about Joey Wendell. No, I'm not
0: going to do that to you folks. But His, what uh, I will say
1: is 5.54 ops this year. Yeah, I mean, I
0: don't know. I mean, yeah, like everybody, like you said, I, uh, that's literally we we went over basically the top candidates, and there
1: aren't many. Like there. Someone are, mentioned Jonathan India in the chat. That's oh, interesting. Yeah. He's like kind of an kind of an extra guy with the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, someone who I think could be available in a trade and yeah natural position third base i don't know they've been using him at second base pretty much exclusively for a while his metrics say second base are not good maybe you feel okay about putting him at third base he's been like a league average hitter uh has reverse splits which is interesting for his career yeah like that i guess that would be all right yeah uh ryan mcmahon another guy who like just because of colorado like i think we perceive him to be a better hitter than he actually is he's kind of <laughs> like a league average hitter so, yeah, I don't know. Like, third base is just tough. And I think the D-backs are going to gonna try to figure out something. They're going to try to, you know, find a way to, to plug that hole externally, I think. I don't think they feel good about just, like, saying Jordan Lawler's our opening day third baseman and see what happens. I think no. there's there's maybe some more development that needs to happen there. But it's hard to envision them finding a perfect solution given the options that are out there.
0: Uh, shout out to Benjamin Hundley in the chat. He asks, will Jake McCarthy be a D-back next year? I, I could see Jake McCarthy potentially being a bit expendable as far as maybe a trade candidate, but as it stands right now, Jake McCarthy will be a D-back next
1: year. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, uh, they could they could trade yet another left-handed hitting outfielder if they wanted to. I mean, like Dominic Fletcher is still still in this system, right? He could kind of slide in yeah. and be that fourth outfielder type if you needed him to. Um, but Jake McCarthy's value right now is just not... It's about as low as it's been in a while. I don't know if it makes sense to trade him right now.
0: That's a good point. A piece of Yoshi will not stop until we acknowledge Eduardo Escobar. So, Eduardo Escobar, I'm still with you. I love Eduardo Escobar. But we know his history with Baxter, and I'm not sure if we can bring him back uh, to this organization, after. Eduardo
1: Escobar was a minus one point one WAR player Is last that what you year, want? according to baseball. Is that reference. what you want? Piece of Yoshi six thirteen OPS. He just uh, a couple years ago, like I mean, he's the last really productive third baseman yeah. that this Diamondbacks yeah. team had, right? And, and ever and he since was
0: incredible when he was here. Ever he really since was. they
1: traded Eduardo Escobar, it's just been really hard for them to find a way to plug that hole. Uh, Elise says his value is so low right now, meaning
0: Jake McCarthy, why not trade playoff paven instead? Uh, I mean... We're, there we're,
1: there's a we're, lot we're, of given what paven smith accomplished in those supposed like 11 postseason plate appearances yeah. there's teams just lining up yeah. i'm sure for values
0: that like, all time high. yeah
1: I, I don't know i don't know if about you that
0: you want to burn a player uh making the opposing team think you're pitch hitting for him just so you could switch him out with another guy
1: Pavin's <laughs> your guy Pavin is your guy uh, it was it was hilarious how many times that played out <laughs> in the world series i think it was three separate yeah, times yeah. where uh yeah, Tori goes to Paven, Bruce Bochy goes to a lefty, and then, <laughs> and then poor Paven Smith enters a World Series game but doesn't actually get take your ass back. back to the dugout. <laughs> All right, what else we got? Dakota LaMaster, I
0: think, is how this is said. Uh, Dakota underscore LaMaster on Twitter says, "Since Lourdes Gurriel Jr. might be leaving uh, during, might leave during free agency, do you think we need uh, another outfielder with power, or just stick with the ones we have?" I, I think the Diamondbacks definitely need to upgrade I think that they need they they still are short on you know a lot of a lot of, a lot of things i mean and and considering the comments made I, I I think that they'll continue to to try to upgrade this lineup in the like they don't they don't need to upgrade so many positions because they know those guys. Uh, are, are here and and they're not going anywhere, right? So it's like maybe maybe another outfielder, maybe that third baseman, maybe a DH, and, and definitely starting pitching. But yeah, uh, like uh, it, it definitely feels like they are going to at least address some of those. And and I don't, I, I still don't really think that they're going to bring either any of those guys back. But that remains to be seen.
1: Yeah, I mean, what we can say is that you don't let you don't let Lordis walk and his you know his twenty four homers and his eighty two RBI leave the team. Without having some sort of a plan in place to try to recover that production, correct. And going back to our earlier conversation, I think part of it might be that you have a DH, that you have a guy cemented in that DH spot, who's a solid, you know, a solid offensive player that could maybe help cushion that blow, even if you're not necessarily replacing Lourdes' production in left field. Um, But yeah, the D backs they can't let Lourdes walk and not get. They still need probably a right-handed hitting left fielder. It's hard. I I don't think you want to have you know three left-handed hitting outfielders in the lineup every day so they're going to do something to to fill that spot maybe it's lordis it's still i don't want to say that we are we're here yeah. saying the d-backs there's yeah. no chance they bring lordis back right. but it does seem uh, it does seem somewhat unlikely i mean
0: taking a step back to erod right erod opted out of his deal with the detroit tigers but that doesn't mean he's not staying there he just right. has the ability to opt out of that last year and now can get a bigger contract that's that that he deserves based on his performance. So it's not to say that Lordis might not come back because he meant a lot to this team. He meant a lot to this community. I think everybody, like all three of those guys at some point really endeared themselves to Diamondbacks fans, but Lordis has just been doing it all season long. And, and again, he just he just fit in with this club so well. He really it, did. It's hard to imagine an outfield without him. It's, a, it's hard to imagine not seeing his purple hair uh, bouncing around at Chase Field. So <laughs> I, I, I'm not opposed to them bringing him back. I just understand the business side of a deal like this. And I know that his value will never be higher than it is right now. So as far as he is concerned... He needs to get, get the bag. He needs to get the bag. Yeah. All right. What else we got? We got one more question, and then we'll come back to these. But first we got this one that says uh from Hudat Nation asks with the windfall. I like that we're we're discuss-we should just refer to it as that. The windfall. <laughs> the windfall this postseason. Uh is Bellinger an option? Who are the top three realistic starting arms that could be added at the top of the rotation? Uh realistic starting arms. I, I don't even know where to start with realistic starting arms at this point you know yeah like, yeah and, and it's
1: hard we just I mean like we t- touched on the other day we don't know exactly where the Diamondbacks are financially I don't think the Diamondbacks necessarily yeah. know how much exactly they're they're planning to spend this offseason which is a huge a huge variable in all of this well and Benjamin and Elisa both addressed it but like it's not like the Diamondbacks haven't shocked the world
0: and made that big free agent acquisition like when they went and got Zach Greinke, right? True. So yeah. it's not to say that's outside of the realm of possibility, especially it wasn't with this
1: regime. Yeah, but, it wasn't this uh, regime, right? It but it was same still the
0: owner, right? And yeah. we always talk about Ken Kendrick not opening up, you know, the checkbook, but that's not necessarily true. It's just a matter of opening up at the right time for the right guy. Greinke performed very well for this team. So, you know, it might have been seen as, as an overpayment, but I remember that being huge news that felt like, you know, the Diamondbacks were back, you know, getting Granky felt like we were back and it felt like things were heading in the right direction for this team when they got him. Um, so yeah, no, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility, but, uh, the first part of that question, uh, can we throw that back up there, Damon? Uh, the first part of that question was with the windfall is Bellinger an option. Do you think bringing belly oh, belly back to the Valley is, uh, is, is a possibility.
1: Yeah, n- probably not. Um so he's left-handed, right? That's number 1. Uh you'd have an you'd have a third left-handed hitting outfielder. Um you know, he's a really he's a he's a solid center fielder, which is something the Diamondbacks don't really need. They don't need a first baseman, so positionally it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I also think he's going to get a heck of a lot of money because he's represented by Scott Boris mm-hmm. and he just had an incredible season and if you look at some of the underlying metrics with Cody Bellinger, they're actually not that great. Uh, his expected batting average was 270. His expected slugging percentage was 437, according to Baseball Savant. You compare that with his actual numbers, there's a pretty big difference there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a there's a case made that even though Cody Bellinger definitely bounced back last year, it was a really good season for him all the way around. His strikeout rate was the lowest it's ever been. I'm not quite sure that he's like a 900 OPS guy moving forward. If you're... If you're but that's probably what you're going to have to pay for if yeah. you're if you want to make Cody Bellinger, you know, your guy for the next six years or whatever it is. So I don't know if I I don't know if I see a fit there.
0: You know who else is represented by Scott Boris? Me. I, I need to be at least because I need to get that <laughs> money. Right. And every time we talk about Scott Boris, I feel like strategically uh, he might be a good agent to have. So I'm thinking about looking into it. What do you think? You think you would accept me as a client?
1: Uh, Come on. You know, I was on foul I, territory. I, I, I was on, Yeah, You were on foul Yeah, you did have I your did picture. I did have a nice postseason run. Your picture next to Ken Rosenthal on, Come on. A, on a YouTube Come on. thumbnail. You didn't. You couldn't get enough of that. It was. He harassed me endlessly yeah, maybe, through text maybe messages. Scott, about I don't that, know. About I'm that. not sure if Scott Boris is into representing media personalities. But, hey, you know, I would be happy there, to Derek, be his I'm sh- first. I'm sure you're right at the I'm just, I just want to get that bag. I just want to get that bag. But. Um
0: uh, let's get that bag real quick before we move on to more Mailbag Monday question. We thank you guys, of course, for your Mailbag Monday questions. I do want to say uh, I ate entirely too much bread this weekend, Jesse, like way too much bread. Biscuits. I had sandwiches from Jersey Mike's. I'm I ate so much bread. And you know what? It sounds I, amazing. Honestly. It, 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 it's supposed <laughs> to be. But I'm 42, as you addressed earlier in the show. And uh, I don't feel the same way. I used to after eating a whole bunch of bread over the course of a weekend, and that's because uh, bread cannot be great for you. But there is some great bread out there that is good for you and can help you address a lot of uh, a lot of your per- particular needs when it comes to nutrition. Hero Bread, uh, which makes sliced breads, buns, and tortillas, are available on Amazon and at hero.co. And, of course, uh, what what's the thing that makes them better than any competitor? They can customize the experience that you are getting depending on what you're looking for, whether it's ultra low net carbs, uh, a bread that's high in fiber, zero sugars, five to 10 grams of protein per serving, whatever you're looking for. uh, And it's still delicious. It still has that soft fluffy uh that that soft fluffiness that all the bread that I ate this weekend has uh but it's much better for you than than those those grands biscuits I made I can tell you that right now but uh, of course uh, it does have fewer calories than the leading national brand and of course it uh, can fit your lifestyle or your dietary constraints so make sure to check them out right now Hero Bread is offering listeners 10% off their first order just go to hero.co and use code PHNX to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O.co to save 10% today. Uh, also here in the Valley, it's that, it's it's that time of the year where people think that they don't need sunglasses. But you always need sunglasses in the valley. There's never do people a time.
1: Really not think they. Need they, sunglasses they think oh, it's, it's not. It's
0: not. It's not as there's not as much sun out today as there. It's the Valley of the Sun. All right, that's not just a cute name. It's almost a warning to you that this is the Valley uh, of the Sun, and the sun dominates here. But you know, you need to get yourself some good sunglasses to battle that sun here in the valley. And you can do that with our friends at Shady Rays. It's an independent sunglass company that makes a world class product. It's a a product that's built to last and it's backed by an insane lost and broken replacement plan where if you lose or break your Shady Rays, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked, no shame, no guilting you at all about what you did with them. They have your back long after you purchase. You can shop their entire collection in town at Carolyn Commons. And of course, you can also shop online at ShadyRays.com. If you do not Love your shady rays that you get. No matter where you get them, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. No risk at all when you shop. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to shadyrays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 uh, people. Well, our mailbag, of course, was filled with Justin Turner and free agency questions. So Uh, Let's get back to more Justin Turner and free agency questions. What we got, (laughs) Damon? Oh, Hanley. Ryan Hanley says, "I'm still depressed. Uh, How are we doing, fam? I miss you guys. Uh, We, we look. We're not depressed around here. (laughs) All right. We. I can understand depression for the first forty-eight to seventy-two hours, but at this point." Uh, we need to be proud. We need to be happy of what this team accomplished. I'm a and little now, depressed. What's that? I'm a little depressed. I know Damon's still having a hard time with it as well. It makes me sad every single day. when I miss
1: Ryan here. too. He does. I miss I miss going up. Jesse, did you hear this story? Yeah. I believe we told you. They, they uh, hung they out with
0: Ryan during
1: one of the uh, postseason games. Sean and I got seats in the second really? to last row in the 300s. And R- Ryan, right behind us, goes, hey, Sean, what's up, man? And we were like, what's up? And he was like, I'm Ryan wow. H from your, from your sh- the chat. And we're like, wow, that's what a coincidence. What are the odds?
0: What are the odds? What are the odds? Good guy. Uh, and he's, and we're going to try to help you all Great get guy. over this. Great guy. Uh, no need to be sad. No need to be depressed. We're building on to next year. And, uh, I know one of the questions that we're going to get or we should get or have been asked has been, you know, about is, is this, is this, this is like a one-time thing. Are we just getting here now and now we're going to go back to another like 10 years of mediocrity? No, that is my answer. No, there is a lot of good things to be happy about. And of course, this was supposed to be just the start of something special. And somehow this team made it to the World Series. So I want you all to continue to hold your head high because uh, this team, this team is uh, did something special and we should be proud of
1: it. People miss Patrick in the chat. That's, I miss that's really that's really why the people are depressed, Derek. I miss Patrick. It has, Patrick. Nothing, it has nothing to do so with sick the Diamondbacks. i doing the show with you already. In it's Series. incredible. It's that Patrick is no longer oh, here doing you, our show.
0: You've been here for like three days, and I I don't I don't know what to say other than um, <laughs> Patrick Patrick just texted me by the way while you guys were talking about him missing <laughs> me. Uh, what else we got? Uh, our guy Gabriel at Bold is Bronze asks: uh, Will we hear any Dbacks trade free agent news before the winter meetings or after? and that is a Jesse Friedman question.
1: <laughs> yeah, clearly I have I Clearly know. you know the answer to that. Clearly I know. Uh I mean more likely after than before. Uh you know, last year as of the winter meetings, I, I don't think the Diamondbacks had really done much of anything. Uh you know, the big the big trade with with Varsho and Moreno happened it was later in December, yeah. early January. Yeah. That, that's probably where where I would expect the majority of the action to happen. You never know. but Some of the
0: talks happen at, at the winter meetings, yeah. right? That lead yeah, to the deals happening, right? They're kind of right?
1: progressing toward it. And that, I mean, that starts tomorrow with the GM meetings, right? Like yeah. these teams are going to start having these conversations and – Uh, That's actually when when I asked Mike Hazen, like, when did when did you start laying the groundwork for this this Varsho Moreno trade? And he said the GM meetings, he said that the uh, Blue Jays general manager was one of the first people he sat down with at the GM meetings in early November. And that's kind of where things started with that big trade that the Diamondbacks ultimately made. So wouldn't wouldn't expect to hear of any any big time. There might be some rumors, uh, you know, between now and and the winter meetings or during the winter meetings. We saw that last year. But for stuff to actually happen, more likely to happen later. Yeah.
0: And that. and and it is interesting. I remember one of my first uh GM meetings seeing like two GMs talk and I, I was literally like oh, is this is this where the magic happens like, or are they just literally <laughs> that asking means they're
1: making a trade? Right? Yes, is that a trade? <laughs> they, don't, they, just, they don't speak unless yeah, they're actively that's right. making a trade. Or are they
0: just ask where the Starbucks is at. Like that's that's <laughs> that's the questions, you know, that goes on there. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, like like you said, yeah, most likely we'll see that after uh, the winter meetings. When are the winter meetings this year?
1: Uh, December 4th through 7th. So we're about a month away from the winter meeting.
0: So maybe the Arizona Diamondbacks, if you're good, we'll leave you a starting pitcher under your Christmas tree this, uh, this winter. We'll there see. There we you go. Or, or, the, uh, depend, I, I feel, am I a monster? Am I just, I'm, I'm leaving out religions. I feel like by saying that it could be a Hanukkah present, could be whatever, whatever religious belief you have, uh, this holiday season, they will leave you, uh, hopefully a starting pitcher. What else we got, Damon? Uh, our guy, Gabby, uh, Gabby, De- Gabby, Dearth, I, I I always have like a dearth, problem with this. Yeah, Is it dearth? Okay. It's, yeah, it's right. uh, with with Gallon having two years left, Merrill being 35, Marte and Walker 30-plus, back-end bullpen guys not young. Can you see D-backs going uh, for aggressive short-term deals for now while developing for next wave? Moreno, Carroll, Lawler fought in their primes. I, I don't hate this concept at all of building around. I don't think the Diamondbacks need to really go out there and lock in guys for... 10 years and 12 years with the way that this organization is going, I think that the short-term deals, especially on that expedited timeframe of like Gallant's contract and Merrill's, Merrill's years here might, might be the wiser, wiser move to go, especially considering you're building on the success that this team had this postseason.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess you're, you're kind of like threading the needle between like, you don't want to do any move. You don't want to pull anything off that's going to mortgage, you know, the longer-term future. Like, Corbin Carroll's here for a while. Gavin Moreno's here for a while. Jordan Lawler, if he's able to figure things out, right, he could be a big part of this team for a long time. So the Diamondbacks definitely don't want to put themselves in a difficult position three or four years from now and, you know, make some move that's, you know, just super all-in on, right. on 2024, 2025. At the same time, I agree with the sentiment that, like, yeah, some of these guys aren't going to be around for that much longer, right? Zach Gallen, we've talked a lot about his future and how it it doesn't necessarily seem all that likely that he's going to return to the Diamondbacks a couple years from now. Merrill Kelly, right? The D-backs have him for 2024. They have a club option for 2025. Christian Walker, uh, he's on the last year of his deal, this yeah. this next season. 2024, is it for him? So yeah, there's definitely the sense that like you want to capitalize on these guys while they're playing this well and uh you know that window is only going to last uh for for really a couple more years with a lot of them so yeah I I expect them to be aggressive like the Diamondbacks should go out and they should try to put together another team that they think could make a run you know a deep run into the postseason and uh you know I think they they have some work to do to, to probably feel like they're at that point but it's not an unachievable goal. We already saw them do it with 84 wins and, and the roster that they had this year. And
0: Mike Hazen is the GM for the job. I'm glad that he is going to be here uh, for, for the foreseeable long term. And I think that, you know, again, we talked about some pitchers. We're going to talk about a lot of free agents over this period of time. I think Mike Hazen is going to try to find if 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 it's on a deal like that maybe try to find a guy that didn't have a great season maybe a guy that had a had a down year again like they have with certain other guys like it didn't you know necessarily work out but at the same time too it, it's kind of like Ryan Thompson for instance you know seeing someone that has been has parted ways with a different organization and and finding that they still have value bringing him over here and seeing what someone working with someone like Brent Strom can do i mean i feel like he's the exception to the rule more more than the norm right like you're not going to bring a lot of guys over and have them instantly become as effective as thompson was down the stretch for this team but yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if hazen uh we see we we see them make some move like that that more leaves you scratching your head a bit and saying like wow they went after zach davies like and and not, <laughs> and not no attack to zach davies but a guy like that that maybe had like a four era this season and they're not sure. going to sign to a big deal but give that person an opportunity to rebound and and maybe their their next big contract is in two seasons from now or whatever if they can find success with the Diamondbacks
1: yeah I mean that's a that's definitely a route that the Diamondbacks could try to go right there's a lot of especially on the starting pitching front there's a lot of guys who didn't really have the walk year that they wanted especially in the second half of the season that might look for kind of like a one-year pillow deal or you know maybe yeah. like a two-year deal that has an opt-out after the first year if, if they're able to bounce back guys like Jack Flaherty and Lucas Giolito uh you know guys that really didn't have a second half that they were looking to have uh but the Diamondbacks have a pretty darn good pitching coach and Brent Strom and you know maybe they they like the sound of coming to Arizona and trying to figure things out that it, that would be I think a little bit of a change of pace for them though we don't see the D-backs sign free agents very often Like Thompson was different because that's like a a minor league free agent, right? A guy that the the Rays had basically given up on. Um, But this would be different. This would be like, all right, we're going to sign a guy who like actually was a bad pitcher in the second half and bet on our ability to help them figure things out. Not something that we've really seen them do in recent years, but with Brent Strom, maybe they feel like they're in a position to do that. Yeah. Uh, What else we got?
0: Uh, next question comes from uh, J.W. Lewis and bunch of numbers. Uh, and J.W. Lewis, bunch of numbers says, "How does this rotation sound? Kelly Gallon, Otani. Oh, here fought. we go. Anyone? Yes, Jesse. We're doing this. How, How about we this make outfield? It this
1: deep into the show Girl, without mentioning Otani's
0: name. Carol Otani, Thomas McCarthy, also Otani at third base. One guy solves all the issues. <laughs> overpay, man." It couldn't be worse right now for Otani, as far as you know. Couldn't be worse. Well, I'll say right, like Otani will not pitch next season. Right, yes, he is going sure. to have uh, surgery that is going to cause him to miss pitching the entire twenty twenty four season. So, and I mean that from that perspective. Right, this was the big year where, and and it's still going to happen. Someone's still going to pay him literally
1: a boatload of money, but I just think it's great that you said it couldn't be worse for a guy who's about to sign a $500 I know, million contract. I know what I'm saying. Like that, that, <laughs> but I see where you're coming, but to.
0: that sucks because it is going to be the, one of the biggest contracts in baseball. It some, some team is going to sign it to them, but it's like that, that surgery, that one thing is going to put some question in team's minds, right? Like for sure. it's not just a slam dunk anymore because you never know if a guy is going to be able to rebound from that surgery, from any surgery as a pitcher and be the same pitcher they were. You have a good idea. They are, right? Like, right. you know what you have in him and you know that he is literally a unicorn and there is not another player like him that exists. However, if you're going to make that huge of an investment in him, which whatever team gets him is going to have to do, that's got to be a concern for you.
1: Yeah. And I I mean, just especially given that degree of risk, like if there, were, if there was a if there was even a fraction of a percent of chance that the Diamondbacks were going to sign Shohei Otani this off you feel like that was like just cut in half or something. <laughs> that yeah. He's not going to, yeah. he's not right. going to pitch and, right. and for the Diamondbacks, there's just, there's a lot of risk there. And, and for the investment, it just, I, I just don't see there's really any scenario where, where that would make sense for them. I will say going back to the, the starting pitcher conversation in general, I think there are some some guys in the market that maybe you could get on a shorter term deal that would kind of go along with like the all in mindset on these on these next couple seasons where the D backs they have gallon they have Kelly they're really trying to make something work Sonny Gray is a name that comes to what? my mind go as yeah. a guy who like he's already I think he's 34 so you're paying for like age 35 36 and 37 maybe with on like a three-year contract. Maybe you have to give him a pretty good chunk of change for yeah. those three seasons, yeah. but it's only three seasons. It or, or it wouldn't come with the risk of like the Granky deal, or you know other longer term things that they've done that that haven't worked out for them in the past. Or sign him to like a five year deal
0: that's going to you know there's a good chance that on the back end of it he's not going to be the pitcher he is. I almost now. think
1: they would rather give him like more money the bigger, for a shorter term. yeah, the yeah, more, this, more money for a shorter term. This
0: this team has not, especially this season, they have not shied away from. <laughs> flushing money down the toilet to make the team better, right? And so, like, again, yeah. that's that's not committing to a guy who, what, in, in his age 38, 39 season could potentially be a liability and that you might have to make a similar decision like you had to do with Madison Bumgarner where you still owe him money and you just cut him, you know, at that point anyway. But that's – I don't even understand how my mind went right there. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're right, though. I mean, that's that's definitely a guy that, that you could see – on a shorter deal and and the athletic
1: says three years, 64 million. I'd pay that like that. I'd pay if That's real. I'm a little skeptical. Maybe that it would be that low. Cause he just had a, I mean, he had like a two eight ERA over like almost 200 innings. He was twins this last year. He was in the Cy Young conversation constantly. He's a, he's a really, really good pitcher. And I know he's kind of had some ups and downs over the course of his career, but you can get that guy on like a three year deal for $64 million. I have to think that would be something the Diamondbacks would consider if they have the money to, to pay that, which is something we still oh. don't really have a great understanding
0: Elizabeth, of. no. Elizabeth, no, not you too. I thought you were better <laughs> than this, Elizabeth. Uh, Elizabeth says, I hear Jesse Jr. knows the Roger Besson's football slider. I can't <laughs> believe you did this to us, Elizabeth. Um, but, okay, uh, we got one more question from Daniel Caston, and we're going to get out of here. Uh, Daniel, he demands to know this, Jesse Turner. Yes or no. <laughs> we don't know. Daniel. <laughs> Sorry. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, we have no idea what the Dinobacks are going to do, but I will say, keep it locked right here, uh, to this very show, because we are going to be talking about that quite a bit over the next few weeks. Of course, uh, Jesse, like you said, he has the gym meetings this week, winter meetings, uh, in like a month. Uh, and the next thing you know, we're going to blink and we're going to be at spring training. So, Keep it locked right here. We will break down a lot of uh, a lot of the free agency news, including more on who we think the Diamondbacks should pursue and who we think could potentially be the best fit for this team. So uh, keep it locked. But make sure uh, if you did place any kind of future bets on this team on the Bet MGM Sportsbook app, you don't forget about those because those are about to cash in, especially that Corbin Carroll Rookie of the Year. So hop on the BetMGM Sportsbook app, maybe maybe wait for opening day, maybe wait before opening day, make some more future bets on the MLB. Uh, but in the meantime, there's all sorts of other sports for you to bet on. Of course, uh, football is a great time. It always makes sports better. You can place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the mobile application of at least $10. If you do, you will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. All you got to do is use our code of P-H-N-X. It's this easy. Just download the app. Uh, on iOS or Android, or visit their website at betmgm.com and sign up using that code of PHNX. If you sign up and deposit at least $10 into your newly created account and then place a wager of that amount or more at a standard odds price, you will receive $200 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager. So now I have to start being a little bit more creative and trying to win some money because I have nobody to to hex. I've been using my bets as a hex. Mm. Um, Still did a little bit this weekend against Espo while we were playing fantasy football. I just went in and placed bets against all the teams his players were on. And wow! Yeah, you got wow. sometimes you got to do what you got to do, Jesse. But of course, uh, you guys can use it more intelligently than I do. I know that for sure. But you can sign up for the bet MGM use bonus code PHNX and make yourself some money. Uh, place your first bet MGM sportsbook wager through the sportsbook mobile application of at least ten dollars. You will receive two hundred dollars instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer.
1: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text hope ny four six seven three six nine New York. Call one 800 5050 Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. one 800
0: for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing, Casino, and Hotel. Visit MGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Ontario. Ontario, Jay. I got it. You got it, though. I'm so proud yeah. of you. Jay made me sad with his comment. Jay said, "See y'all back at the pregame show with little emo- emoticons that make me sad." Uh, yeah, soon. Pregame show soon, my man. How soon? I don't know. Next, next postseason. I, I don't know. I don't know when we'll do a pregame. We're going to do again. pregame shows
1: for every Cactus Stop League game. Stop it! No, absolutely not. Stop <laughs> this, man. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you previewing the pitching matchup. <laughs> every uh, single game
0: and a post game shows. So join us ten minutes after the final <laughs> out. Uh, I will. I will be out there though, and I, I will tell you a good way. A good way to spend fall ball games is with a four peaks in your hand. Uh, I know Halloween is over, so. They're going to stop highlighting the ghosts but let's not forget the ghosts make the beer over at four peaks and of course what better way to enjoy a beer than a beer made by a ghost so check out everything four peaks has to offer uh they are a staple here in the valley and have been uh, at tailgates for over 25 years so uh win or lose we booze with four peaks you can also check out their pumpkin porter uh now available get in the fall state of mind it's back on the shelves and in draft lines throughout the valley uh, so don't miss out. Also check out their Eighth Street Pub. Chicken tendies are still undefeated out there. You can visit fourpeaks.com slash locator to find all your favorite brewery tours and events. Check out at Four Peaks Brewer at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be twenty-one or older to drink drink four peaks. And please drink responsibly.
1: I feel like we should give Stephen vote a shout out. Oh man, we have a lot
0: of like managerial news. I guess that we really. Greg
1: Council is now the manager of the Cubs, which can only mean that David Ross is now the manager of the Brewers. That's the way that has to work. Yeah, yeah they a, traded yeah. managers, yeah, right? You, you and take cash considerations. Team manager, it yeah, goes both ways. Yeah.
0: That's an awkward situation <laughs> because a lot of people are assuming because no actual official news was put out that this was kind of like leaked. And that we didn't know David Ross had been let go by the Cubs, or maybe David Ross didn't know you'd been I let go it, by the I Cubs. I think it like
1: just came together here in like the last few days. Yeah. Uh, well, they
0: said they didn't have permission to talk to him unless they
1: right. requested permission
0: from the Brewers prior to November 1st.
1: Yeah, so apparently this all just came down in like the last few days as Craig Councils is like officially on the open market. And the Cubs were like, hey, we're willing to give you a big old pile of money. And uh, Craig Council was like, "All right, let's do it. <laughs> Five years, forty million dollars. I it's, think is uh, the announced contract there, which I believe would make Craig Council or will make Craig Council the highest paid manager in the sport right now. Correct. Uh, probably worth every penny. And, probably uh, a rough a rough day if you're a Milwaukee Brewers fan.
0: Yeah, that's tough. Uh, managers moving across divisions, like." I don't, I don't know if I like that. Bob Melvin. Yeah, like leaves from the one Padres team to and goes, goes to the Giants. Division, yeah. yeah.
1: It is it is pretty weird. It's gross. We've had two situations like that already this offseason.
0: I wanna I wanna run a disgusting scenario by you. Tori Lovello <laughs> as manager of the Dodgers. How much would you... And then you, the, the D-backs get Dave Rock. No! 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 <laughs> I don't want that end of the equation. I was just talking about the nightmarish situation where we'd have to see Tori Lovallo as the manager of the Dodgers. But uh, luckily, we don't live in that 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 terrible, terrible timeline. We live in this
1: one he's where he's not, our manager. yeah. I mean, Tori is not on the open market he still has one more season so he's in a different situation and they're gonna extend, him. Count- they they're gonna extend him. yeah that's yeah. not an actual concern just yeah, that, so that, they- no yeah that's not actual i'm just <laughs> great i'm just scaring people you know
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah i mean of course we'll have more on this and it'll be interesting to see oh we got elizabeth on the fire dare train yeah i get it i it was just it was just a terrible scenario i wanted to i wanted to
1: float out there but uh good on Stephen vote man that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I I suspected that it would only be a matter of time for before Stephen Vogt found his way into a managerial job, but this is quick. Like he was a quality control coach, I believe, with the Seattle Mariners this past season, and to go from that like straight to being a big league manager is I mean the the Guardians clearly have a lot of faith in him. And yeah, you can understand why someone I I've. I, I know Stephen Vote a little bit personally. Uh he went to Azusa Pacific University He's just as I did. Fun little connection there. And yeah. <laughs> that's why you had to get it in, huh? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah that's the only reason we're talking about Stephen Vote. No, no. Stephen Vote uh deserves his flowers for for being able to pull this off for so sure. early in his in his coaching career. And everyone I've talked to, a number of people who are familiar with Stephen Vote, been around him a little bit. Uh, you know, whether Uh, covering him while he was a player or now as he's been a coach with seattle he is like one of the most universally loved people in baseball and you can understand why a team like the cleveland guardians is like yeah that's our guy even though the experience maybe isn't what you're normally looking for in, in a job opening like that he's uh he's an easy guy to bet on for sure
0: there were some other candidates including craig council and uh including carlos mendoza who might end up? Uh, he's got some connections potentially to the Padres. I believe
1: he has been. I think he is now with the New York Mets. Oh, the Mets if now. Not mistaken.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah. Things
1: things are happening. Things, things are, are happening.
0: happening. Yeah. When we uh, when you asked about the the winter meetings or the GM meetings, when are we going to see stuff happening? Player stuff later. This stuff needs to happen now because they need those guys in place for them to start building towards the twenty twenty four season. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of. Uh, Frantic coaching changes going on today and tomorrow and we will be back here tomorrow uh, at I don't know what time uh, Probably 1 p.m. Probably 1 p.m. But we will keep you updated. So most likely 1 p.m. Join us back here uh, In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter and, and we will keep you up to date on all of that stuff I am at cap underscore caveman with a K Jesse is at Jesse N. Friedman Damon is at Damon dog He is people's producer and that is D.A.W.G. We are Damon's dogs Woof woof. Oh, I
1: missed it. I'm God sorry. God damn it, Jesse. It. We're
0: gonna, I do, I miss Patrick too, guys. I miss Patrick too. Uh, of course, our show is at PHNX underscore Dbacks, backs but all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys again so much for stopping by, even those of you that decided to turn on me so quickly simply <laughs> because I was floating a scenario out there of what it would be like for us to be in the brewer's position. What happened? I thought it was just... <laughs> It was just it was just a terrible scenario that I had to put out there. But uh, we were we appreciate you regardless of. Uh, Normally who I'm you the want one to
1: saying things like that. Yeah, and then you're getting really but you mad know what at I me mean? for just yeah, putting I, that out I, the I just the world. I, It
0: was a metaphor. I don't even know it's a metaphor. I, I, I just, <laughs> metaphor. It was. So,
1: I, it wasn't a metaphor for sure, but
0: it was definitely something. But uh, of course, we thank you guys again for your time, even if you were advocating for me to be fired. Uh, and of course, we will see you back here tomorrow, hopefully at one p.m. Uh, in the meantime, we thank you for your time and remember, kids, baseball is fun. But it's so much more fun when you extend your manager and don't let someone else steal him.